So it is the dawning of a new year, and uh, as you guys know and as you are well aware, it is a time of reflection, right? It's a time of, you know, digging deep sometimes. It's a time of uh, evaluating, taking inventory, use whatever kind of euphemism or phrase you want to use. This is always the time where you kind of look back and reflect on life, how things are going, how things were. For us personally, I think we were kind of excited to say goodbye to 2022 a little bit because um, it seemed like for the last two months, nothing went the way we thought it would. You know, our Thanksgiving was all weird and, you know, leading up to Christmas was, was, was different and strange. And then, you know, Shanna ended up getting, not feeling well on Christmas Day and she's feeling better. And I ended up not feeling well on my birthday, but I'm feeling better even though I don't sound great. I feel like so much better. And we were kind of, we're just kind of like, okay, let's kind of get into a new year. Sometimes it's just a number. It's just the change of the calendar. But sometimes that can signify a sense of rejuvenation, you know, a sense of reflection, uh, a sense of new beginnings, uh, you know, an ideal of pushing forward into something that, you know, um, we're looking forward to. Um, maybe we're setting some goals for the new year. Maybe we're making some resolutions. It's not necessarily a bad thing, you know. A lot of times they don't hold, but, you know, it's it's good to do those things, right? It's good to take inventory and reflect on life. And I thought it would be a really good opportunity for us also um, to reflect kind of on 2022 for a moment and kind of where I sense and where we sense the leadership team. We've uh, had a little bit of dialogue here um, about where we, we uh, you know, where we kind of are going in, in the beginning of the new year. Um, with just teaching and emphasis and different things like that on, on Sundays and, um, you know, with the, with the life of the church as a whole. So I just wanted to kind of recap just for a moment for you guys in 2022, kind of what we went through and what we, what we, um, what we dove into, what we kind of emphasized in 2022, and then take a moment to kind of talk about, you know, what we're looking at here in 2023. So in 2022, I sat up here and, and I read out of Second Peter uh, chapter 3, and I want to remind you guys of that, and I, and I made reference to this scripture throughout the year um, because I really felt like it was something that um, we were really to pay attention to um, in the year of 2022. And so I read out of Second uh, Peter chapter 3, uh, specifically verse 17, where he talks about growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I sat up here last year and said, I really feel like this is something that we need to pay attention to and put some effort into um, both corporately as a church and individually um, as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ. Um, Peter says it like this in context. He says to them, there are some things in them referring to Paul's writings and Paul's letters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when we talked about that last year, I brought that up um, more, you know, over, over the year, I, I, I've made, I highlighted the scripture. I brought the scripture up a lot. 
because I really feel like it was really critical, and I still think it is. We're not, we're not not growing. We're ever not growing, right? We're growing, but we're growing by the grace of God in the knowledge of Christ. In other words, our growth and our maturity as Christians, as believers, as followers, as disciples, is predicated on the knowledge and the grace of Christ. So by the grace of Christ, we grow. And in the knowledge of, of Christ, we grow. That's essentially what, what Peter is saying here. He says, you must grow in the knowledge and the grace of Christ. Why? Because if you do not, you will fall into or be carried away with the error of lawless people. In other words, you will be susceptible to false teachings about Christ and you will lose your own stability. You will lose your own grounding in your faith. You will begin to believe things about Christ that are not in accord with the truth and with the apostles' teachings. And that is very evident today. It is very easy to slip into those things today. It is very easy to believe people that stand up in front of people and make claims about Christ that you cannot substantiate in Scripture. And so to come before the grace and the knowledge of Christ, to be hemmed in, to be constrained by the truth of God's Word, is what we really kind of focused on last year. And I just want to kind of review for a moment what, it, what we actually uh, went through last year and what we studied last year. So, Pendra, if you can advance that for me for a moment. Um, so, we started out last year doing a, a long series on repentance uh, called Refuge in Repentance, and that was like a five or six week series where we got to the heart, uh, the biblical understanding of what repentance really means and what it means in the life of the church and in the life of the Christian and the ongoing um, discipline of repentance in the life of a Christian. The idea is that we don't repent when we come to Christ, and that's the end of our repentance, but we are continually living lives bearing fruit in keeping with repentance, as the scriptures tell us to do. And so we talked a lot about that because there's a lot of confusion about what repentance really is in the church. And so we laid out a, a, a really good case of what repentance is and how it is that Christians should be practicing repentance continually before Christ. And then we moved into Galatians, uh, the study in Galatians, which took a long time. Um, but we, we looked at a line-by-line -line study on the book of Galatians, which focused on the supremacy of the grace of Christ and being saved um, by faith, not by works. And we looked at how salvation is wrought in the life of a believer, that it comes by believing and it comes by faith and it comes through the hope of Christ. It does not come through our spiritual performance, but it comes simply by believing in what Christ has done and living our lives in accord with that truth. And then we looked at our union with Christ. We looked at the dynamics and the dimensions of our union with Christ uh, for several weeks, 11 weeks in the fall. And then we ended up with our Advent series called Indestructible. So that is kind of where we were in 2022. And this all was hopefully feeding into the idea of us growing in the grace and in the knowledge of Christ. How is it that we are to do that? Well, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ is to understand what true repentance is. To, to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ is to understand the dynamics of our salvation, how we are saved, how we're not saved, and how we can be uh, brought off track, and how we can believe things about salvation that aren't true. And how do we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ? We, we, we have a better understanding of our union with him. How are we unified with Christ? And then finally, the Advent series. Understanding the hope and the joy and the peace and the love of Christ um, 
that undergirds our faith. And so that's kind of where we were. <coughs> and so that was all to sort of feed into and to um, support this idea of growing in Christ and growing in the grace and the knowledge of who he is, as Peter uh, commands us to do in uh, 2 Peter. So on to, uh, on to 2023, I kind of want to give just a brief idea or understanding of where we're going to be going, what we're going to be teaching, what we're, our emphases are going to be, um, at least through the first part of the year. Um, I'm not one of those people, as you know, that comes up here and declares that the Lord has given me a word for 2023. I'm not that kind of a pastor. I'm not that kind of a leader. <coughs> Um, people are more than willing to do that. Leaders are more than willing to, to do that with their churches if they have the freedom um, that I, I believe the Spirit of God has given them to, to do that. Um, but um, I almost look at that as, as a, just a worldly response to a resolution. I don't know. The world makes resolutions. And I sometimes I feel like when we just hang on one word that the Lord gives for a year, it's almost like a resolution and oftentimes that word may come, but yet six months down the road, there's really no emphasis paid to that word anymore. Um, it can be a word that's given that's sort of out of a sense of excitement and, you know, um, encouragement and expectation, which is all fine. Um, that's not necessarily um, how we like to approach things. Um, so I'm not going to sit up here and say the word for the year is encounter. You know, or, or something like that. Um, but I do want us to set a little bit of a course, a little a chart a little bit of a course uh, going forward, um, at least through the first half of the year. And I wanted to give you kind of a glimpse of what that's going to look like. And so uh, starting next week, we're going to be beginning a series called Devoted. And the series is really going to, uh, I think it's going to be a hard-hitting series, and it's going to, uh, we're going to kind of, I don't know, dive into a lot of things and a, a lot of teaching um, that might be really hard for us to wrestle with uh, because this, this series is going to focus on um, why we must love the church. Why as Christians, you are not exempt from loving the church. And part of that expression and a main, a main component of that expression is your devotion and commitment to being a part of the church. And so we're going to talk about that for, 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 for a considerable amount of weeks. Um, and I think it's really important in this stage of the game to think about and to, um, to lend our minds to and attend our minds to the importance of consistent, committed, devoted um, participation in the church body. So often it's very easy, as we know in the culture, to be distracted, you know, to allow our attendance to, 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 to sway, uh, you know, to allow our attendance and our participation um, to, you know, not be consistent. And I don't want this series to be, you know, a browbeating series. You know, I want it to be laced with grace and with love. 
But there is a significant responsibility on the part of every Christian who calls himself a Christian to be a part of a local body and to be a part of and a member of and a committed participating member of a local expression of the church. And no one, no Christian who has put their faith in Christ gets to be exempt from that command. And it's not a one in four participation a month. It's not whatever life doesn't give me anything else to do commitment. I'm a firm believer that every Christian should be scheduling their weekend around Sunday morning. Not the other way around. Oftentimes we schedule our weekends and Sunday mornings just seems to be the component that we can fit in when it works. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what the scriptures say about our commitment and our responsibility and our command from the Lord to be a committed, consistent part of a local body. I want us to, I want to take you over to Acts chapter 2 for a moment, verse 42. This is coming off the heels of Peter's sermon, coming off um, the, 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 uh, the giving of the Holy Spirit. This is on the heels of Peter um, bringing forth with a, a tremendous amount of force the first sermon that brings Christ to the forefront of the kingdom of God. Peter says this, after giving his sermon, um, he, is, he is approached and, and the hearers ask him a question. It says here in verse 37, now, when they heard this, when they heard Peter's sermon about the Lord Jesus Christ and about who he was and about how he was the Son of God who was raised up and who was, who was crucified and who was buried and who had resurrected, after this, this sermon, this testimony about Christ, these people come to Peter, the hearers, the crowd comes to him and they say to him, What shall we do? In light of what you have just said, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all you who are far off, every one whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And here we see the birth of the New Testament church with Christ at the center and Christ as the leader and Christ as the king. And then verse 42, look at what Luke records here. He says, and now given all of this, given everything that was happening, this is what Luke says. And they, this crowd, this, this group of people who are now being brought into the kingdom of God, who are believing uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ and receiving it by faith. This is what Luke says. And they devoted themselves, the church, to first the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. That seems to be a pretty good prescription for church growth. 
because look at what it says. And awe came over every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. But look at what Luke records there in verse 42 again. He says, what were they? What constituted? What was it that described this group more than anything else? It was their devotion. They were devoted to what? The apostles' teaching. The scriptures. The word of God. And more specifically, the apostles' teaching about Christ. What else were they devoted to? To fellowship. To being together. Not simply when it was convenient for them. There, there, was, a, there was a an insistence here there was, that God was doing something so powerful that he, the, the yearning and the longing above everything else for these people were to be with one another. And they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Sharing meals together. Sharing life together. And prayer. And prayer. So if we are to be a church that the Lord is going to add to, verse 47, to their number, those who are being saved, the church must be devoted to the apostles' teachings, the fellowship the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That seems like a pretty good method, a pretty good model. It seems like God has prescribed the perfect way in which the conditions for his church can grow. And those are the conditions. But it's all predicated on devotion. And so we're going to talk about that over the next several weeks, about our responsibility to be devoted to the church. Look at what they did. They devoted themselves to God through the apostles' teachings, and they have devoted themselves to one another. They have devoted themselves to the truth of Christ. They devoted themselves to one another, and they devoted themselves through that by fellowship and breaking of bread. And then what did they do? They devoted themselves to the worship of God through prayer. One of the reasons why I want to I think it's vital for us to understand our devotion to the church is because, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more next week, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 15, this is one of the reasons why we must be devoted as Christians to the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 15, says this, He said to them, But who do you say that I am? He calls his disciples together in the district of Caesarea Philippi. He said, A lot of people have been saying a lot of things about me. Some say that I'm John the Baptist. Some say I'm Elijah. Some say I'm Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. He said, But 
Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter did not come to this conclusion through his own wisdom. He didn't weigh his options. He didn't consult uh, with the spiritual teachers of the day. He didn't render this conclusion about Christ uh, based on some uh, you know, esoteric uh, you know, revelation. Peter came to this conclusion about who Christ was by the Spirit of God, by the Father who is in heaven. He says this, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, it, prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. But listen to what Jesus says to him. He says, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. So Jesus is building the church. And that is the reason, one of the reasons why we must love the church. Because Jesus is building the church. And if we are Christians and disciples and following Christ, don't we want to be participating in what Jesus is building? I would say yes. See, man doesn't build the church. Apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers, evangelists don't build the church. We are, in every way, very crucial. And everyone, every person who attends and calls themselves a Christian is crucial to the building of the church. But we are not responsible for building the church. That is Christ's work alone. Because that's what he said to Peter. And so you had the prophets who came. And you had the apostles who came. And on their foundation, the church was built. And that church is continuing to be built through Christ and in Christ. And we are participating as Christians, as disciples, as followers in that process. We are crucial to it, but we are not responsible for it. So if Christ is going to build the church, we must desire to be a part of that process. And the only way you can do that is to be a committed, devoted, consistent participant in the church. Week after week, year after year. So this is Christ's church that he's building, not our own. See, if man were to build a church, it just becomes a human organization. It becomes a club meant to serve man. But the church is built by Christ, meant to exalt Christ. And if we are Christians, that is going to be something that we want to be a part of all the time. Not just when it becomes convenient in life. Finally, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, just another quick example. And we'll go into this more uh, as we go through the weeks. But uh, 1 Timothy 4, uh, verse 13. 
Paul says this to Timothy, he says, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. And here is his instructions. Until I come, here's this word again, different meaning, different Greek word here, but in a sense, kind of the same idea. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to ex exhortation and to teaching. So it is, Paul says, until he returns to see Timothy, this is what you are to do. These are your marching orders. You are to publicly read the scriptures. You are to exhort one another or build one another up and encourage one another in the truth. And you are to teach, which means to expound, to bring greater meaning, to, to bring understanding, to bring application. So you read, you exhort, and you teach. And so the reason why you must love the church is because this is where the word of God is declared. No other place is the word of God declared. No other place is Christ exalted. But in the gathering of the church on a weekly basis. And so if that is something that you love and desire, you will be devoted to the church because you were devoted to the truth of God's word and to hear it publicly declared and taught and be exhorted and encouraged in it. And so that's kind of where we're going to be for a little while. And then secondly, we're going to transition into uh, another series on spiritual gifts. So this is going to dovetail perfectly into spiritual gifts because the reason why you love the church is because this is where you discover and exercise and use your spiritual gifts for the upbuilding of the church and for the glory of Christ. So we're going to move into uh, a series on spiritual gifts and we're going to spend a, a considerable amount of time in that too. So it's going to be called the common good. And it's really taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 4 to 7. This is what Paul says about the spiritual gifts within the context of the church. He says this, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all to everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? The common good. The common good. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is not given for that person's own maturity. Not primarily. It does lead to maturity, but the reason and the purpose for the manifestation of the spiritual gifts is for what? The common good of the church. It is not for personal exaltation. It is not for, for men's appreciation or acceptance or applause. It is not to gain a title. But it is for the common good of the church. It is for the encouragement and the edification of the church when we gather together as a group of believers to exalt Christ. And so we're going to move into, after understanding why it is that we must be devoted to the local church and all of the reasons for that, we're going to move into this idea of studying and practicing 
and discovering and exercising the spiritual gifts. And it's for the common good. It is for one another. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12, and we're also going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which are a, a, a good list of spiritual gifts, the ones that we can really work from. Um, there's a lot of talk about whether they're it's an exhaustive list or not. We're not going to really get into that, but we're going to deal with the lists and the specifics that Paul gives with regards to the lists that he gives us in those two areas of Scripture. And we're going to do our best to study them, to discover them, and to exercise them in the life of the church. So those are kind of the two places we're going to go at the beginning of 2023. And to be honest with you, Acts 2.42 is really kind of um, a, a scripture that God has really laid on my heart um, for, for a considerable period of time, I think. This idea of being devoted to those things, the apostles' teachings, the fellowship, the breaking of bread into prayer. And so what we do in the new year hopefully will feed into that idea of each individual's personal commitment and responsibility to the upbuilding of the local church. So the, those are going to be kind of the two things that we go into first off. And then finally, the last slide, I just want to share with you some other things that we have sort of, uh, I sort of kind of been thinking about that I'm going to bring to the leadership team and we'll, we'll discuss more about that as well. But um, <clears throat> one of the things that I really feel like we've never done before, and I don't, I don't know, I don't, honestly, I've never seen, I don't know, I've never seen anyone do this, is to do a, a, an expositional study on communion. It's been my heart for quite a while to um, incorporate communion more regularly in the church as, a, as an expression of the, the sacraments and, and to be reminded more continually of the work and the death of Christ and the gospel of Christ and who, what it is and what it has done. And as we continue um, to, to set our minds on that, that we would be continually understanding and coming into a greater awareness of the cross of Christ, the death of Christ, the gospel of Christ. And communion is a beautiful way of keeping that always in the forefront of the believer. I mean, I think doing communion once a month is, is wonderful, obviously. But I would like to incorporate elements of that more um, as we gather together on Sunday mornings. But I would like to consider and I'd like to think about this idea of doing an expositional study on the Lord's Supper and really de diving deep into the, the intricacies of it. We, we, touched, uh, we touched upon it this morning, but there's so, it, it's like a multifaceted diamond. It, it, it's like a, like a, a multi-sided diamond communion. There's just so much dynamics and aspects to, to the Lord's Supper, the sacrament that I feel like we have barely touched the surface of, that we have not exhausted at all. And so um, we're going to be talking about, you know, if that's a possibility this year, um, and possibly a, a study in Colossians as well, going through the book of Colossians. I'd like to do a book study at least once a year, you know, where we're going through a book line by line, expositing the scriptures, getting everything within its context and understanding the thrust of the letter and what, you know, what was going on in that time and how that applies to us today. 
and then possibly maybe um, a study on the Sermon on the Mount, which is the best, best sermon ever preached. One that can never be duplicated. So that's kind of where we're going. Um, just some tracks to run on. Um, just sort of a, a course we're charting out um, as we go forward um, in the new year. And um, so those first two are going to be pretty essential. You know, the idea of coming and understanding and being devoted to the church and why it's absolutely necessary for each one of us to be here as much as we can and to make it the first priority of our lives on a weekend. And the next thing is to really understand and unpackage and exercise and discover our spiritual gifts. I think sometimes we've, we've read or we've studied or we've talked about spiritual gifts. Um, and sometimes there may have been a point in our lives where we realized what God has gifted us in and on how to serve, right? But sometimes those things become dormant because they're not being used. And we get maybe lazy at it. And, you know, coming to church just becomes really perfunctory. We just kind of come. And we know we're going to be here for a specific period of time. We know the order of events. And then we pack up our stuff and we, we head out. But the church will only be as strong as those who are in it who understand how God has gifted them to serve. The strength of the church, the vitality of the church, obviously primarily is through the power of the Spirit, through the work and the death and the gospel of Christ. But secondarily, it relies on and is predicated on how well each one knows how God has gifted them to serve and not just come and sit. So we're going to talk about that. And hopefully it'll bring some sense of revelation and understanding as to how you can better participate in the life of the church. Um, so that's kind of where we're going. That's kind of the tracks we're going to run on for the new year. Um, if you were disappointed because I didn't have a word for you, I apologize. Um, but... <laughs> but... Um, I'm really thankful, I'm really excited, um, you know, for, for where we're going and, and, and kind of what we're diving into. And I think there's going to be some, uh, some cool components um, about some of our gatherings uh, that we, we're going to implement maybe a little bit um, that the leadership team and uh, we've talked about. Um, some ways to kind of connect one another uh, within the service, within our time together, uh, in order to, you know, maintain relationships and to connect with one another um, on a regular basis. So we're kind of excited about that too. So hopefully we'll be implementing some of those things coming up in the new year. So, um, but with, with that being said, um, that's kind of what I had for today. Um, it's around 11, 11.35, so we're ending a little early, which is great. You guys can go out and have New Year's lunch or New Year's dinner or whatever you're planning on doing uh, for New Year's. But I just want to have you guys stand this morning. I'm just going to pray. Um, and...